Today is uh, Scout Sunday. We're going to be having Scouts at next service. They're going to help out with some stuff. Um, they have a motto. What's the Scout motto? Be prepared. So when Jesus called the disciples, they had no idea what to be prepared for. So they just went. If you were going on a camping trip, what would you need to be prepared? Camping gear? Food and water, those are helpful things, right? Matches, thank you. Anything else? What? Pocket knife. Anything else? What? A hatchet. What? Line or cord, some rope. Rope is good. Anybody going to bring any toilet paper? <laughs> right? I may not have matches, but darn it, I'm going to be able to wipe. <laughs> Got me a 12-pack. So, I don't know what you need to be prepared for whatever adventure God is calling you on, but I do believe that God provides everything we need. I believe for the mission God has for us as a church, we have all we need as the church to go into mission and fulfill what God wants us to do in this time and place, right? The disciples trusted that God had everything they needed when they followed Jesus. When Jesus said, follow me, they didn't go, oh, excuse me, I've got to go get some toilet paper, right? They just followed they just followed. For, for us, in order to know what it means to follow, I want to take you through some things Jesus didn't tell them they needed to do. The first thing Jesus asked was not that they worship, not that they believe, not even that they would serve, but what? That they would follow. Just follow. Jesus didn't say, Worship me. That's not where he began. It's not where he began. If When I was a pastor at uh, Maxwell United Methodist Church, we lived, uh, our front yard was the local middle school. It was, it was great. A bunch of 6th through 8th graders running through the space every single day. I really liked June, July. Right? At the end of, of, the, of the parking lot was a um, track in the old Maxwell High School football field when it was a high school, and, and people would go down there, and this one guy had one of those remote control planes he was flying, and I went down there, and, and uh, we, Elizabeth and I would walk the dog around the track and, and enjoy just being outside, and, and this gentleman, uh, one day, you know, I, I went up, and he was flying his, his toy plane, and and I was like, so how are you doing? He's like, fine, oh man, this is a bleep, fine day, this is bleep, bleep. And, he, and, he, and I said, he was like, so what do you do? I said, I'm pastor across the street. Oh, and so he apologized for all the bleeps that weren't bleeps, you know what I mean? And, uh, and I said, and I found out who he was, and it was a small town, so I knew some of his family who came to church. And I was like, you know what, you're welcome to come anytime. There's, there's no expectation. And, and he said, you know what, you preachers are like bait and switch salesmen. Now, I was a young pastor, and I wasn't, I'd never experienced a bait-and-switch, so I wasn't sure what that was. 
but I was pretty sure I knew what it was, and I was right. And, and I said, so, so what do you mean by that? And he said, well, y- all y'all say is come to church, come to church, and, and worship God, and be saved, and go to heaven. And then when we get there, you want the money. And I said, well, we, we talk about where your treasure is, your heart will be. So being a part of the mission of God, having your heart in the mission. He said, I don't want my heart in your pocket. Hmm. Okay. All right. But, but his point, I think, was very true. When we talk about Jesus with people, we tell people about getting into heaven, right? How many of you have had that conversation with somebody about come to Jesus and get into heaven? You'll note that's not what Jesus said. We, when, when we talk about coming to Jesus, we invite people to come to worship. That's not the first thing Jesus asked, right? Jesus didn't ask people to come to worship. Jesus asked people to follow him with their whole life, right? So I could see what this man meant by a bait and switch because we talk about heaven and then we bring and we talk about worship and then when people come and we start saying, well, you know what, we, we would like you to give and we'd like you to serve and we would like you to teach children, be around ankle biters who have snotty noses. That's, this is, right? We want you to, to have a life that reflects the kingdom of God. All I came for was the good music, right? All I came for was the potluck dinner and the coffee and donuts. I knew it was coming, yes. And so when, when we invite people to discipleship instead of just worship, it, it, it feels like a bait and switch. Do you see what, what that gentleman was saying? So in, instead of inviting him to church, I just went out there and enjoyed his playing with him. I went out there and we had conversations and I told him to leave the bleepity bleeps in and just be a human being. And there in that field, we talked about God. We talked about how God would raise us up on wings like eagles when we are feeling down. And we talked about how, how God isn't like some puppet master at the controls, but gives us free will and allows shit to happen and expects us to be the ones with the toilet paper to clean up after it. Hmm. We talked about following Jesus. If Jesus had wanted worshipers, it's easy to worship, isn't it? It's easy to come in and sing a song for Jesus. It's easy to make a touchdown for Jesus. Yay, Jesus. I feel good about Jesus. Woo-hoo, Jesus. Right? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I can say Jesus all day long and I can be, right? It's a little bit harder to follow Jesus, isn't it? It's a little bit harder to give your every step to Jesus. It's a little bit harder to be intentional about your walking with Jesus. Jesus didn't call us to worship Jesus. The passage this morning, Jesus didn't say, go sing about how great I am. Jesus said what? Choir remembered. Come and follow me. Would you please pray with me? Holy Spirit, 
Help me follow Jesus this week. When, when I was the uh, youth, young adult pastor at Mooresville First United Methodist, I had a young person I'll call Andy. You can decide whether they're male or female. doesn't really matter. But as I talked with them about, about God, their parent brought them to me to fix them. <laughs> right? That's what youth pastors do, fix kids who are ornery. He's a good kid. And this kid was like, you know what? I just can't believe like my parents do. They accept everything. And my grandparents, they, they just believe everything that you all tell them. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. If God is good, then why? And we had a string of conversations. In one year, we had three students at that school die. Two by suicide, one by an accident. And this kid was going, I don't see how God's good when my friends are dying. Parents shouldn't have to bury their children. I cannot believe this God of yours. So that's all right. That's okay. You don't have to believe. Which was not what his parents wanted me to tell him. But when Jesus called the disciples, did he say, come and believe in me? Did he give them a board of ordained ministry panel where he asked them for eight hours to defend their theology and their practice of ministry? No. Did he ask them to write their dissertation on what they believed? No. As I talked with Andy over three years, we worked through several of his struggles and, and she said, you know, at the end of the day, I really don't think I can be a follower of Jesus until I work through all these things that I just don't understand. Sometimes I doubt that God even loves me. And at that moment, I got real excited. Because in the 12th century, there was a philosopher theologian by the name of St. Anselm. And St. Anselm wrote a whole, whole sermon series and, and became a book. It was called Doubt is Faith Seeking Understanding. How many of you all have doubts? Any of you struggle sometimes to believe that God is good when cancer happens? Any of you have trouble believing that people are created in the image of God when you see us unleash so much of the devil upon one another? And I looked at Andy and I said, you know what? It's okay to have doubts. In fact, I highly encourage them. And I want our church, this was at Mooresville, but I say the same thing here. I want our church to be a people where peop, a place where people don't have to have their beliefs all together. A place where people can come asking good questions and where we're not afraid of people who don't believe like us. It's one of the things I love about being the United Methodist Church, right? One of the great criticisms we receive from other denominations is we're not a creedal church. And by that, a creed is, if you, if you had a hymnal, I would have you open up to page 880, which is the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried on the third day. He was so, so forth and so on. You know, my problem with the creeds isn't that I don't believe what they say. It's that I believe so much more than what they say. Right? Look at that just part about Jesus. I believed in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 1. Yes, Luke chapter 1. Born of Virgin Mary, Luke chapter 1 and 2. Then what? We skip the whole rest of it and we go to the end. We completely miss all the love your enemy. You know what? If somebody slaps you on the right cheek, offer to them the left one also. We skip all that. We skip the go and be healers. We skip the go and give your life. We skip the whole pick up your own cross. Skipped it all. That's why I don't like the creeds. That's why I like a church that says, come, follow Jesus. Not that you have to believe. You don't, and, and it's not that what you believe isn't important. It's just not the most important thing. And it's okay to believe differently. Look at the person next to you. Swivel your head. There are things they believe that are different than what you believe. Right? You do not agree on 100% of everything. You know what? That's all right. That's all right. Jesus did not call his disciples to believe. He did not say, show me your summa theologica, your writing of all the things you believe before I accept you as my follower. He said, come and follow. If you look at the 12 disciples, you had uh, Matthew. What was Matthew's job? He was a tax collector. And you had Simon the Zealot who went out and killed tax collectors. Do you think they saw everything eye to eye? No. No. Jesus didn't call you to believe. Jesus called you to follow. Would you please pray with me? Holy Spirit, please help me to follow you this week. Since COVID, I've had multiple conversations here with people about how COVID was a good time to stop everything, right? And to rest. We were sitting in our lay leadership co committee trying to recruit people to serve in some different ways. And, and one of the members said, you know what? Before COVID, I was in all these different things. And I was so tired. I don't think I'm going to pick up all of that. And, and even this week, uh, I received a note from somebody saying, I'm sorry that we can't be involved in everything that we want to be. Sorry we can't help in some of the ways we would love to help. Look at somebody near you and say these words, and even if it's just repeating this to me. There's more for you to do than you'll ever 
be able to do. True? There's more for you to do than you'll ever be able to do. Jesus did not call the disciples first to serve. That's not what He called them first to do. He called them to follow. He called them to follow. So if you find yourself in the boat with that member of the lay leadership committee who's like, I cannot do everything. I need to let go of some stuff. You know what? You're in good company. Because that's not what Jesus asked first. Jesus asked them first to follow. He asked them first to follow. So if you're feeling guilty that you're not serving in all the ways you wish you could, I ask you to please lay that down this Lent. If you struggle with not knowing what to believe and you feel guilty about that, I ask you to please lay that down this Lent. If you struggle with with all these other things that you're not in worship enough or you, you don't do this enough or don't do that enough. I'm going to ask you to lay all of that down. And for this next 40-some days beginning Wednesday, you just pick up following Jesus. That requires intentionality, just like greeting you with peace of Christ to you. Instead of just morning all, it takes intentionality. It takes looking for Jesus where Jesus is active in the world. Lay everything else down and just let yourself focus on following Jesus where Jesus shows up for you each day. Will you pray with me again? Holy Spirit, help me follow Jesus this week. That may include some spiritual disciplines like prayer or fasting. Might include Bible reading or developing a spiritual friendship. One that isn't just, hey, let's talk about what we watched on Netflix last night, but, but would talk about how can I pray for you? How have you experienced God this week? It might include all of that, but it definitely includes being intentional and following Jesus where Jesus shows up for you. That's my hope for you over Lent. 40 days of being prepared. All you need to do is follow Jesus. Please pray with me one more time. Holy Spirit, Help me follow Jesus this week.